You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast with Ellen Toomey, episode number six. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Jason Ogle is the father of seven beautiful children, one in heaven and six shepherded by himself and his superhero wife, Kelly. He is a senior digital and UX designer at National Cinemedia, which would be impressive enough. However, Jason has also founded, produced, and hosted the UX industry-leading podcast on iTunes, User Defenders. I'm a huge fan of the show, even before he had Seth Godin on. Jason's humility and willingness to learn is broached in magnitude only by his impressive experiences in UI and UX design. At his current organization, NCM, he's designing a screen agnostic web application for custom on the fly, shareable movie release results. Jason was responsible for UX and design strategy and execution for Shazam integration, a mobile app integration in movie theaters across America, increasing advertiser ROI and company revenues. He defines user flows and creates intuitive wireframes and high fidelity prototypes for interactive games, websites, and digital products that increase lead generation. Jason began his career as an interactive art director and has held various positions in interactive art as a webmaster, creative lead creative developer, and UI and UX designer while working for well-known organizations such as Realty Track and MySpace, among others. Jason won a yo-yo contest in the sixth grade and was also a hand model for a tech ad. Of all the notable talents and accolades, I can't wait for you to hear the soothing jazz voice of Jason Ogle. Jason, welcome to the other side of the mic. Wow, that was such a wonderful introduction, Ellen. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. I'm honored and thrilled to have you. Let's dive into the important stuff. What coffee do you drink, and what is this about roasting your own coffee? Oh, my Lord. First of all, thanks for mentioning my yo-yo contest. <laughs> That's, I wish more people talked about that. <laughs> I bet, I bet. It was, it was a defining me. moment in my junior high career. Uh, <laughs> I got a trophy and everything. I could do Did you really? Title. Yes, I did. Now, granted, there were only three other people competing, but I No won. one needs to know that. No one needs to no know. No one needs to know. Can you edit that out for me? Sure, sure. Uh, to answer your question... I drink my own coffee, and I'll explain what that means. I have yeah. a roaster here at home. It looks like a small microwave oven. Mm -hmm. I buy raw green coffee beans from a supplier in Northern California, and I roast them right here. I've never had more consistently fresh coffee in my life, and I can't – I feel like I've eaten the forbidden fruit. Like I cannot <laughs> go back. It's hard. I would, that would be my problem, it, should I undertake something like that. I started drinking coffee at the age of 16. It's one of my favorite things. Um, mm. My, um, but if I, how do you know where to buy the beans from? Does that matter where you're getting the raw sourced beans from? 
I don't think it really matters that. I mean, well, let me rephrase that. So I think it does matter to the extent that you know that the coffee you're buying is high grown. It comes from along the equator, along the what we call the coffee belt. Mm-hmm. And it's high grown and definitely run away from anything that says Robusta. Anything that says that, because that's basically, you might as well go to the grocery store and buy a can of Folgers. Okay. So, yeah, because that's what Folgers, that's how Folgers keeps their price point low and U-Ban, all these other kind of, the pre-ground coffee tins that you find in your grocery store. Mm-hmm. That's that's the coffee they're buying. So just make sure your green beans are from are sourced from a reputable company. I mm-hmm. like Sweet Maria's a lot. And they're not paying me to say that. Okay. <laughs> I buy a lot of coffee from them. I've bought many hundreds of dollars worth of coffee through the years from them, and I, I love it. And I love that they have the direct trade relationship. Yeah. I think great. about 10 years ago, it was all about fair trade. And I'm not knocking that. I still I know that there's still some benefits mm-hmm. to the fair trade um, model. Great. However, there's a lot more benefits to farmers when it's direct. Um, maybe we should maybe we should jump in and talk a little bit about tech and UX since that's why you're here today. Um, okay. Would, yeah. Happy is time. that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> if we must. No. <laughs> um, let's start with user defenders. Um, let's pretend there are people out there who haven't heard of it. Uh, I hope that is not the case. Um, but for those who don't know, you know, that's that's your podcast show. What's it all about, and why should they listen? Yeah. So User Defenders is a show that I started in 2015, and it was me being a total introvert and being inspired by other podcasts and on my long commute and going like, I wonder if I could do this. And that's like the weird, I threw the introvert thing in there because it's true. Like I, it's not that I don't love people. I do. It just, when I'm around people a lot, my energy gets drained much quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's so for me to like go from being that total introvert like to talking to some of my like most respected like people designers I've looked up to in my whole career that have like really even helped shape my career mm-hmm. like Jeffrey Zeldman for one and he's a personal friend now because of the podcast I was so able cool. to have him on the show and and make some neat networking connections through him and so just being able to do that has just really my personal growth journey has just gone through the roof since I started doing the show. I'm not, I'm, I mean, it took me 40 years. I'm 44 now. It took me nearly 40 years to realize that, but I'm glad that I did. And the show is basically like, I guess if I wanted to sum it up, it's basically inspiring, aspiring designers. That is like the core of what I do with user defenders. And another way you could put it is I, I, ins- I want to inspire and equip the next generation and current generation of UX designers. So that's really in a nutshell what I try to do. And I take a fun superhero theme approach because I'm a comic book nerd. As a kid, I loved Wolverine. I still do. And you can see, (laughs) if you're watching the video, you can see I'm a little bit inspired by his facial hair as well. So uh, that's kind of the fun sort of differentiator. And I think that for anyone starting a show, like, I mean, there's nobody's really doing anything totally new it's really like it's we're all unique that's the thing and this is maybe for you ellen and when you're getting your show off the ground and i'm so 
happy for you, and I love the mission. I love your target audience and what you're what you're doing there and serving women uh, in tech and moms especially. Like I have a real heart for your audience. So I, as being a husband of of a mom that I just love so much, and so I, so I love that. And so I would say, just go all in on you. Go all in on, on your perspective, and that's what what is drawing your listeners in, is your experience, your background, and that's what I try to do on the show. And, I, again, personal growth is a really big part of this. It took me about four years of running the show to actually – Realized that I need to put that on my my on what iTunes says. It was iTunes. Apple actually forced me because they just recategorized everything. So anybody who oh, had okay. a category, a lot of categories have gone extinct. Actually, Apple expired some of them. So it forced me to kind of look at my tagline and the way that I'm describing my show. Yeah. And, it, and it kind of in a good way, it made me realize, you know what? This is not just about UX. Right. This is about growth. This is about personal growth. Because right. I am a, a huge believer that the better human we are, the better designer we'll be. And, and, of course, the better human we'll be. So I go all in on that. That's what I, 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 those are the people I really want to talk to and re- reach with my show. I love that. And because I'm talking to women and moms every day who are interested in tech, they, they are totally drawn to UX. And, but it's overwhelming. I know that your show is serving this huge um, need to just make it, um, I don't, I hate the, to use the word accessible because that has a different context for UX, but it's like, you can do this if you just understand that growing and learning is part of the journey because they come and I've run a coaching program. So they come and they, they're like, well, okay, what, what are all these things? What, it's everything we need to learn. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You know, yeah. you, it's, you're always be learning. It's, it's a journey and, um, and growing yourself is just part of it. So I, I, that's probably why I'm so drawn to your show and I'm such a huge fan of it. Oh, well, thank you, Ellen. I, I cannot wait to ask you this question. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, um, one of my, so I want to ask you what it was like to interview Seth Godin, but before I actually ask you that. You did an entire episode on what it was like, which is one of my favorites, um, because the, and I think the title is Imposter Syndrome, which is a way overdone topic. And I almost didn't listen to it because I'm like, I'm I'm sick of imposter syndrome. And then I listened to it. It's the best imposter syndrome story I've ever heard. And I just want to tell you how courageous you were to really dig deep and share. And that came across really well. So. Oh, First wow. of all, I want everyone to listen to that to that user defenders podcast on um, imposter syndrome. But now that it's been a little bit, I just have to know like what is it? I mean, so I'm sitting here like just so we're not like I'm legit, right? Like all I right. have my yeah. book here. Great book. What? Great. It. What was it like to interview him? Oh man, there's so <laughs> many emotions. Even now, like thinking about it, right, there's right. so many emotions. To, that that come to mind but i mean i will be honest with you the first was absolute terror <laughs> <laughs> because i've been a fanboy for 20 years plus wow i have yeah. been on his mailing list for a long time i remember when i started my career he was one yeah. of the first email newsletters that i subscribed to i worked in an advertising agency and he really blew up in the advertising scene yes. first yes Yep. Right. All about his permission marketing model. It goes even what the book you just held up. This is marketing. Yeah, this is marketing. Right. Yeah. It's it's almost like if that was the last book he wrote, it's almost yeah. like those two books. Those are like bookends for his mm-hmm. entire journey, his entire 
um, message mm-hmm. of what he's really been trying to do all these years. And it's like, don't shout at people, get their permission to reach them and connect with them and do that by going after the smallest viable audience. Right. Small is the new big. And I love that. I love that that is kind of becoming, and I think largely due to Seth's work, that has mm-hmm. become a really a lot more acceptable to a lot of us who are trying to create a movement, who are trying to mm-hmm. affect change. Absolutely. We don't Absolutely. have to spam a million people <laughs> to try to find the few that actually care. And in fact, in fact, we should never do that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that's, that's ineffective. Even if you do get maybe 3% of a million, like you should, we should not do that. So I, I love, I love that whole message. And that's what I've really tried to do with the show. And mm-hmm. so terror definitely was a, was a big emotion. And I, and as you kind of just shared, I did get vulnerable with that imposter syndrome episode and I actually shared some audio that actually that certainly didn't make the cut of the final <laughs> interview but it's me stumbling over his bio trying to read his bio and just like thinking about like who was just on the other end of this yeah. this conversation listening to me fumble through his bio mm-hmm. and it was really it was a really vulnerable moment for me and so I I think that thankfully it got better from there and, and I, as I was mentioning, I, I edited that one. So mm-hmm. it, that was one of the, it took me the longest because it was mostly yeah. editing out my, my stutters and my like just kind of trepidation that mm-hmm. I had. I'm starstruck. I was starstruck by that. I love that guy. I think part of his appeal is like he, he walks the walk. I mean, so he, you yeah. know, is, um, he believes what he says and then he just lives it. And it, I, I, unfortunately that's kind of rare. Just to dig into the show a little bit more, I'd, I'd love to just talk about what does it mean to be a defender of the user? I was really drawn to this title, and I'd just love to talk a little bit more about that. You know, it was inspired by Tron. Of course, I fight for the users. It was something <laughs> I used to put on my LinkedIn bio and my Twitter bio. Like, that was all I had on there uh, <laughs> before anybody had any idea what I it, you know who I was or who what user defenders was and and by by no means like I'm not like famous I'm not like a a web celebrity or anything like that but I feel like more people know know who I am because of the show and but that was what I put on my Twitter bio when I had 50 followers when I had 100 followers or whatever and so it's like that that alone was I just love what that means and for me at being a user, and there, I know there are certain experts in our field who will say that designers aren't users, and I, I really wholeheartedly disagree with, with that point of view because we are users, and I don't think we could actually design good experiences if we weren't because we wouldn't be able to have empathy for what a bad experience is like. I always say that you don't know what a really bad cup of coffee tastes like until you've had a really good one. So I feel like the same way with with design. Like you, until you really start using a lot of the stuff that is um, forced upon us in some ways, the bad experiences, until you kind of experience enough of that, you won't feel the pain enough to actually want to do something about it. And that's what I decided to do. I felt like this is the perfect mission. It has the superhero theme all over it. Like superheroes aren't aren't those who 
go and do this job to try to be famous. They don't do this job to try to get accolades. They do it mm -hmm. out of a sacrifice for the greater good. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some of my favorite and most inspiring designers, like they embody that. And I just felt like if I could just start this show that really, it really brings these people in that have a heart for fighting for their users and making the world a better place, as cliche as that sounds, I, I feel like that's so important, especially in design. There's just way too much bad design out there. I totally right? agree. Yeah. So that's kind of that was the mission is like if I can somehow use my experience that I've had in this field and somehow give back and that was really another part of of you of of why I did this is like it's my time. It's my turn mm -hmm. to give back. I've waited long enough. I've waited 20 years. Mm -hmm. I, and I've been just I've been gleaning and and I and gleaning and a lot of the people that I've learned from have been on the show, which is really humbling to me. Right. And right. early in my career, they, a lot of them have come on to share their time with me and their their experience and wisdom with all of us. And so I that's really kind of in a nutshell, like that's what I mean by fighting for the users. It's it's far too important. It's it's far too important to to settle than, than to, to settle on something that's that could be way better. Right. It's far I too important for us to do that. I love it. I love the title. Um... I love the concept. I, um, I, I know that, I mean, that was terribly important for me in, in going into UX. I actually have an undergrad in computer science, so I come from the technical side. And I just, um, after staying at home with my kids and returning, I couldn't believe how much bad software was still out there. I was like blown away. And I, uh, that's really what drove my focus to design um, because I, I just, I knew that there had to be a better way and, and, and being a user, experiencing really bad things. Like my favorite example yeah. is trying to sign my children up for sports. And I have four. I know you have, you know, six that wow. you're probably trying to sign up. And it's like, oh, you wanted to sign up more than one child. Oh, and I did, and I'm thinking, don't you want the revenue? And I remember that's just a, it's a huge pain point. And then in my meetup, we talked to moms and everyone would have that same problem. It's like, oh my gosh, it's just, it shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> it just needs to yeah, be better. Exactly. Um, but I'd exactly. love to hear about parenthood and how that impacted, you know, your career journey and your career decisions. Um, what, what, what has it, parenthood impacted you significantly or what would you say are the, the biggest takeaways from that? Parenthood has impacted me in so many ways. I like I have to I have I have to step back and think about which ones that I would want to even mention because there's there's so much to it. I I think for one, it's taught me about how selfish I am and can be. Mm -hmm. It's taught me what leadership really is. Um, so the selfish thing, it's like and and being married too, like being married, it's all part of it. It's all part and parcel for me. It started with, of course, getting married first to my superhero wife, and I love that you that you said that in the beginning because she is my superhero, and I, I'm happy to tell you all the reasons why. I don't know if we have enough time, but, uh, but she certainly is, and so I I realized when I got married how selfish I was, because it was all about me before. It was all about me. I whatever I wanted to do, I could do, and there was a nice freedom in that. And I say, if you like your freedom, then maybe don't get married, 
mm-hmm. right away. Maybe wait a little while, and because when, if you really want to have a marriage that lasts, you have to be willing to surrender your will in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying you just like don't don't do anything you want, or you don't right. You don't like mm-hmm. you're just a slave. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you have to be willing to die every day. You have to be willing to die in a good way. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So. I feel like that's why I'm celebrating 20 years of marriage uh, this in a month, one month. My wife and I are celebrating 20 years. Congratulations. And thank you so much. Thank you. And so I think that was the first thing. And being a dad, too, is the same way. It's like, yeah, I'd rather be on my computer, like, trying to get some content together for another episode or try to research one of my guests and, and all that. Like, there's times when I'd rather be doing that. But... The the truth is is that our, the kids our, my kids grow up and our kids grow up so fast, and so I've really tried to make it a mission. I don't always succeed, but I've really tried to make it a mission that if I am on my phone or if I'm on my computer and my kids come up and talk to me, I try really hard to like close the computer, mm-hmm. put the phone down, and give them my attention. Mm-hmm. There's a fellow that I that I really love a lot named Derek Sievers. Have you heard of Derek Sievers? Yes, when you're talking about how uh, Seth responds to your emails, Derek responds to mine, and I'm so grateful oh, for that. Oh, so cool. And I've asked him some specific questions, so yes, he's <laughs> close to my heart. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. I need to email him because he was. I put it out on Twitter a long time ago. He's like, Jason, email anytime. And I was like, I'll take you up on that. I never did. I feel like I want to do that. He, he will respond. He will respond. Yes, I believe yes. that. So there's something he said that I just really love, and he's – He's a great example of this. He said the best gift you can give your kids is a long attention span. Uh-huh. I, totally I wholeheartedly believe that. And that, and honestly, in this age of tech, and I know we can all identify with this pain point, oh, yeah. we're so drawn in. Our, the apps we use, the social media communities that we foster, mm-hmm. they are constantly drawing us in. They're constantly wooing us. Right. And and we have to be intentional about that. And really, like the, the reality is, is our kids are only young once. Right. And the, and the last thing I want my kids, I already have nearly an adult. My youngest is seven. He's almost 18 in December. He'll wow. be an adult officially. Okay. Wow. And the last thing I want is for he, he or any of my other kids to like be adults and look back and go, gosh, I wish my dad had paid more attention to me. Gosh, right. I wish that I would ha- I'd had more eye contact right. with them and more longer conversations. And so as a designer, I really believe that we have a responsibility in what we design to really respect that reality yeah. that we are only – we. And I've said this on a recent interview, and I believe in the scriptures. I'm a Christian. I believe in the Bible, and there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says the God you serve is the God you will become. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that a lot of us are serving our tech. A lot of us are serving our phones. We've become Mm -hmm. servants. Our computers were originally intended to be our servants. Yes. But it's funny over time, over the the last few decades, how that's really swapped. Right. We have become slaves to our machines and servants. And so I see that as a real problem and I'm kind of projecting five, 10 years into the future and I'm a little concerned, especially with our next generation, with our children growing up and us as parents putting a device in their hands at a really young age. 
Mm-hmm. Pediatricians have been telling us for years that TV is not good for, for kids, especially in the infant to toddler, through the toddler years. It's terrible for their brains to do like more than like an hour or two a day, you know, something like that. And what we're doing now in order to maybe have our screen time or we're putting a screen in their hands or to do our things. And I, I just don't think we're serving our kids well when we do that. So we've tried to set really healthy boundaries around that. To be honest, our eldest didn't get a cell phone in his hand until about a year ago. Mm-hmm. He was 16 and a half when we gave him a smartphone. Still doesn't have a phone plan. He can mm-hmm. connect to wireless. We have the Circle app here at home so we can control kind of his time when he's here. So mm-hmm. we, we've set some really healthy boundaries around that, and I'm, I have no regrets my kids, they're they're homeschooled. They're not socially awkward, like the, the <laughs> stereotypical, like, you know, there's the whole meme, the homeschool kids are just weird and antisocial. Like, my kids love books. My kids mm-hmm. know how to socialize. My kids have respect for adults. Mm-hmm. And, and they have empathy. And I couldn't be more proud of that. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that was a beautiful answer. Thank you so much. So much, you know, so many implications of... Um, our parental decisions that you know UX we can we can really make choices to you know increase people's addiction or or to to maybe not maybe to allow that that kind of um, you know lengthier attention span and luckily for I my children are not homeschooled but luckily I think the homeschool stigma is day by day that stigma is decreasing you know there's so many great homeschooling resources out there yeah. and um, it's really I think becoming a more valid choice and we are we are big into books here i think books are a great solution to um increasing attention span you know when you sit and read yeah. it's a great solution so that was that was a fantastic answer thank you um okay so we're so we're going to shift a little bit into just more specifics um in your career um because really i think that a lot of times, and I, I love to take the perspective of someone new. I think that's one of the best and healthiest ways for, for any way to serve an audience or to, to be a user experience designer is to just think, like, if I were new, what would that look like? And so I'd love to just talk about your current role. Like, like what do you do on a daily basis? And then kind of maybe take us back to how you got there. And you can do one or the other. But, like, what do you do on a daily basis and how did you get to that point? So I do a lot of different things. It's funny, like, and that's the thing about UX. Like, you can ask 10 people what UX means, and you'll probably get 10 different answers, right? Yes, love that. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But the reality is we're all UX designers. Mm -hmm. Think about that. We Mm -hmm. all, we're, anybody who builds a product, anybody who creates something that another human being will use or be affected by, is a UX designer. Yeah. Okay. Now, some of us are better than others. Some of us, right? (laughs) But we're all designers. We're Mm -hmm. all designers. So I do, I do a lot of different things. I do, I create emails at my work. I create HTML emails still. So I'll design an email and I'll code it using the table, table tags. (laughs) Do you remember those? Anybody remember those? So I, I, I cannot believe you do that. You, you literally I do make it. the table tag. It's, I'm not above that. I'm not above it. I'll, I'll do that. And it serves, it serves my company. I work in marketing, and it's 
UX is tied directly to marketing, like I said in uh, Seth's interview at the end. Yeah. It's It goes hand in hand. Absolutely. So um, I will do emails. I'll do uh, landing pages. I thankfully am creating a product at work. I've been able to create this product. You mentioned it in the intro. I was able, this is an idea I had four years ago when I first started working at this company. Uh, I saw a need and, and this, this is really what product design is about. It's looking, it's looking for needs, looking for problems that need to be solved and then doing something about it, right? Because all of us have ideas. Ideas are worthless until executed upon. Right. That's the reality. And I used, I used to like, I have like hundreds of ideas written down and I have a bunch of stuff in a zip, a zip drive probably somewhere that I lost that, of ideas <laughs> that I've had that I never executed upon. Right. And right. so that's, so I've been able to actually execute finally upon that idea after a couple of really big, big business pivots that held up that project. And we're about to launch this in its initial phase. So like I've been able to kind of like, I had the idea, I, I prototyped this thing, I tested the prototype, I created high fidelity for it. And then I worked directly as a stakeholder and a designer. So like, I just feel like, wow, I've never been a stakeholder before. And so this is what this is like. And so that was my first time <laughs> being a stakeholder and a designer. So that was kind of cool. But yeah. I was able to work with the the design folks and the engineering folks to basically get this idea executed. And we're, we're getting really close to launching that. So there was a lot of, of different hats, I guess, in, in that process. Now I am... I'm working with our digital team that is in LA on one of our games. I'm actually helping with user research. So that's kind of more of a recent foray for me. Like I've, I've done research here and there throughout the years, but I've, I've always considered myself more of a UI guy, mm -hmm. more of a you know, UI and yeah. which obviously is a very important part of the user experience is whether a UI is designed well or not. So I've always, I've always really liked that part a lot. But it's been really fun and very insightful and eye-opening to actually be a user researcher. So I've been doing a lot of, of learning on the fly on kind of interviews and screenings and finding candidates and and so you know failing fast and and learning. So it's it's really that those are just some of the things that I, I do currently at NCM. That that's all. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just come up with ideas, build products, do all the marketing. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> but I think that that embodies like why it's so hard to explain what a UXer does yeah. because right. there can be so many different aspects. Um, so so we talked a little bit about um, you know your day to day, and these are some pretty standard questions, but I find like I always get so much insight into asking what do you like best. And what's the most challenging? Hmm. You know, it's funny, like, the thing I love the most is the hardest <laughs> thing for me. And okay, that's creating cool. creating new products. Like, okay. finding a problem and addressing it and solving it in a creative way that helps the business and helps the user. And that's the thing, like, you know, like we talked about user defenders. What does that mean? Well, I fight for the users, and hopefully anybody designing a product for another human being has that spirit of fighting for their users. 
But the other side of the coin that we cannot forget, and I, I do bring this up often, is that we also need to fight for the business. And honestly, it took me a really long time in my career before I realized that. I just like, I, I came from a visual design background, and I still love visual design. I appreciate so much great graphic design and typography. I, I love it. And as an advertising background, all that, like that was really art and copy, right? Like I still love an amazing headline with an incredible um, visual right alongside mm -hmm. it. That's some of the most effective advertising in the world. Apple has done really good at that. Uh, VW, in the, I was also in, in the old days, I think they had some, some of their ads. They really broke ground with just the negative space. And, and I, I attribute that to some of these madmen, right, like these, these advertising people early on, like just sim simplicity. So I, I think that like, that's, that's one of my favorite things and also one of the hardest things, too. It's, it's hard to build software. Software is political. <laughs> It is. There's so many different disciplines involved with the software development process. And there's there's executives involved. There's money involved. Like the thing that I, that I built at my company is probably well surpassed $200,000. Our company spent over $200,000 making this right. web application mm -hmm. and, and counting. We're almost done. So I don't know. I just really love solving problems. I think that's great. That's that's uh that's fun. That the the most challenging is the most fun. And I probably if it wasn't challenging, it wouldn't it wouldn't be so fun. But I agree. Software development, I, it's definitely something that um, can hold your attention for for many years because there are always there's always another facet. There's always another opinion. And I yep. think that's why it's great we focus on the user, right? Because if we just talk about internally, hey, we could debate opinions you know, forever, but um, yep. by focusing on how we best serve the user, that's a way to really um, come to, con maybe not consensus, but at least make progress, <laughs> at least come to, at least come to completion. Right? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely um, true. I wanted to ask you one other question about the podcast. Um, since I've got you on, I might yeah. as well pick your brain and steal, like, what are two of your favorite questions that like, you like to ask your um, guests? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I have to like kind of run through my questions that I ask and I do have a format. So mm -hmm. the podcast started with, I, I really spent a long time just on the initial concept, the branding, the questions I was going to ask. Like I spent mm -hmm. a good six months before I even hit record the first time. I really wanted to, to go all in on that. And so one of the things I spent a lot of time on was the questions. Mm -hmm. What are the questions? And because as an introvert, like I mentioned, as an introvert, right? God help me if I had to, on the fly, come up with questions. <laughs> Seriously. Right. That right. was like my mentality. So I was like, I need this pillar to kind of lean on mm -hmm. so that I can help like squelch my nervousness, my anxiety mm -hmm. of like having a yeah. conversation again with like some of some people I've respected and looked up to as a designer for many years. Like I need to have something to lean on. So, so my questions, that my my format questions, and thankfully after like 25 or so, maybe even more episodes, maybe 30, that I actually started feeling confident enough to be able to kind of step back and just go like this conversation. I don't have to ask like. My same, the same questions every time. Like if the conversation goes somewhere, like Laura Klein's episode 
was a perfect example of the first time I ever tried to do that. Okay. And, and I was inspired by another podcast called The Turnaround. And mm-hmm. I highly recommend that. Anybody to you, Ellen, and to any of your listeners that okay. are st- planning to start a show, a podcast, or any sort of interview platform, I highly recommend that that podcast because it's all about it's it's uh, interviewing interviewers. So it's it's inter interviews about interviewers interviewing interviewers. <laughs> That's a lot of meta. It's okay. so meta. It's so meta, but it's so good. It's so inspiring. Because and most of these folks, like you've heard of them, you've heard of these okay. folks. They're like news people or they're uh, documentary filmmakers. Like a lot of these folks, they just go like, I throw out the script. I just mm-hmm. like I get in the moment and I get out of my head and right. I just let the conversation go. And some of these folks, these documentary filmmakers, they'll actually just even embrace the silence. Like that is hard, so hard to do. Is you think that's hard for an introvert? Thing. This extrovert struggles with that one. That's for sure. If you're like, what's the hardest part for you? Shutting up. (laughs) It's true. And and that's a lesson for user researchers. Any of us doing user research, that's one of the hardest things is to like, when you feel like you need to break the, the radio silence or whatever, to like let it linger for another few seconds. You might get that nugget that you needed from your participant. You might get that data. They might not be done yet. So I think that's a really great, and Steve Portugal's interview was really excellent all about that on User Defenders. I highly recommend that as well. So to answer your question, I really like, I like the design kryptonite and design superpower questions a lot that I ask my guests because they're just so integrated into the superhero theme. And I just, I, I've found, I've gotten some really interesting responses when I ask that, those questions. What's your design superpower? And then on the other hand, what's, well, you know, I always say like adversely or conversely, what's your design kryptonite? And one of my favorite answers to what's the, the design kryptonite question came from Alexa Harazamchuk. I think she was episode 17. And she said, my design kryptonite is utopia. Because if everything was perfect, we, there would be no need for us. We wouldn't be needed. We wouldn't have to fight for the users, right? So I love that answer. Like that's still my favorite answer to that question. I'd love to hear, you know, for someone who is new coming into UX or really any aspect of tech or product, you know, think back, you know, I know you've been in this a long, they've been in this game a long time, but what advice would you give to them? I would say really have a passion for solving problems have a lot of empathy and if not get it thankfully empathy can be learned contrary to many years of assumptions empathy is a skill it's 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 a choice i say that i say empathy is a choice that becomes easier to make the more we practice it mm-hmm. so have a lot of empathy practice empathy find a network that you can plug into mentors find a mentor i'm i'm probably making this sound really complicated <laughs> you don't have to do all of these things you could just start with one but these are kind of some things that will really help your journey uh, surround yourself with other like-minded designers who are really trying to who are, who are ahead of you 
who can really speak into your career, speak into your life. You can bounce work off of. Um, I, I'm going to plug the community because I started a community for user defenders. And a lot of us are doing that there. It's a place to, hey, I got a question. Has anybody experienced this? Has anybody run into this? Or I can somebody give me feedback on this? And like, there's a lot of really neat mentoring happening there. So I recommend plugging into a community and um, have grit, have grit, have humility. You'll need, you'll need those two especially. That is great advice. So let's plug the community a little bit more and then tell everyone sure. the best places to find you all across the interwebs. Yeah, thank you, Ellen. So if you want to check out the community, it's it's $10 a month or $99 a year. I think there's a little savings on the annual. And I mean, it's that's pretty reasonable. I think we pay more for Netflix on a monthly mm -hmm. basis where we're not learning and not surrounding ourselves with people that make us better. So right. that's kind of one of the things. And, and I found also that unless there's skin in the game, we really don't take advantage of it. And so honestly, like I opened up the community for free for like two months when I first started because I was so terrified of the empty room syndrome when I launched this thing. So I opened yeah. it up for free and I'll be honest with you, like most of those people don't even log in. Most mm -hmm. of them don't even engage at all on the mm -hmm. community. And it's honestly the people who actually pay that are getting the most out of it. Right. So that's the reason. And it, it also helps the show. It helps. I mean, there's a lot that goes into the show. So I don't feel bad asking for, for no. folks to pay for it. <laughs> for those reasons, there's a lot of expense for the show. And it goes right into helping that mission. So you can go to community.userdefenders.com. And you can try it free for seven days. See if it's for you. And if not, that's okay. There's maybe another community that will be more suited. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like... Check it out. I would love to meet you there. I'm there a lot. I, I feel like I definitely am a, a fairly quick responder when somebody puts a question out there. Um, so I'm, I'm very active there. We have a book club, so it's really fun. Like we can, we will like all choose a book and like we'll vote on a book that we want to read and then we'll like do a Zoom conversation and talk about it. And so that's been really enriching, and I've cool. been inviting like UX experts to come in to do training sessions with us, and that's all part of the membership wow. that, pe Very that cool. folks get when they come in. Yeah, so it's and then again, just surrounding yourself with people that have the same desires for growth as you. So those mm -hmm. are th that's uh, yeah, check it out and try it free seven days, and. Uh, how else do you reach me? Twitter. I, I'm active on Twitter. So at Jason Ogle is my Twitter handle. Um, mm -hmm. The user defenders is at user defenders Twitter as well. And really, that's that's really where I frequent. I don't I quit my Facebook account. I can't stand Mark Zuckerberg. I can't stand <laughs> all the invasion that they've done over there at Facebook. And so that came at a cost because that was kind of how I kept in touch with some old friends and high school mm -hmm. people or whatever and my family and so that I came at a bit of a cost, but I don't regret it at all. And uh, mm -hmm. there's other ways to find me. I'm on Instagram. I don't do much there, but yeah, those are just some things. That's great. I think uh, that's a huge bargain for the community. Uh, you know, nine dollars to to get feedback and 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 learn from kind of the best in the biz. I think is would be highly valuable for anyone um, starting out or or in the field for a few years. Uh, yeah. I, Thank you. I. I really want to sincerely thank you for taking the time out to come out today, 
you have for you to be able to share your UX knowledge and experience is, you know, that's one huge benefit. And then for me to be able to learn from a podcaster, I guess 40 is the age because you said you're 44 and yeah. you started yours at 40. Well, I'm 40, yep. so I'm starting mine. All so right. that's it. So, awesome. you know, it's um, I'm very inspired by you and I'm just grateful for your time today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Ellen. That means a ton to me. I, I appreciate I appreciate you having me. I'm honored to be here and thanks for doing this. Like, again, I, I love your mission. I love that you're reaching women in tech and moms, especially I've got such a heart for moms. And so I hope that this conversation added value to your audience. And I would love, again, I'd love to connect with anyone who, who would seek me out in that way. So thank you and best in your podcast adventure fight on my friend. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.